We are soul sisters. Walk alongside us as we take you through this journey of sisterhood. Join me, Jenna Urban. And me, Tara Machaco, as we walk in each other's shoes and explore our very different lives. Grab your soul sister to listen and laugh as we share stories of family, work, and small personal disasters. We're We're not perfect, but but nobody nobody is. Welcome to another episode of the Soul Sisters podcast. In today's episode, we are continuing with our Empower series, featuring women that will be speaking at the upcoming Empower the Leadership Experience at Kalahari in April. Today, we have a special panelist, Dr. Trisha Richards-Service from I Need a Speaker. Dr. Trisha Richards-Service is the founder and president of I Need a Speaker, an online platform that connects speakers with the people who want to book them. She has more than 20 years of experience as a communication professional and has taught public presentation to undergraduate and graduate students, as well as executives. Join us as we talk with Trisha about her journey to starting this wonderful company and connecting speakers to speaking events. Well, thank you, Trisha, for coming on with us today. Uh, Welcome to the Soul Sisters podcast. We're very excited to have you with us. Thank you. I feel like another one of the sisters. You've been very welcoming. Oh, well, thanks. Um, So I wanted to get in, give our audience, um, you have so much to offer. And you and I, just to even kind of get everybody up to date, um, Trisha and I had connected on LinkedIn, and we were able to grab some coffee and kind of, you know, chat a little bit about our businesses. And I was so impressed with you and your journey. So if you want to share some of your journey of how you even got into the business that you're in now, I need a speaker.com. I know it's like a huge journey. Thank you. I know I'm biased, but I think it's an interesting path. I've worked in corporate America, but I've also taught at the college level for undergraduate and graduate students for most of my career. And I've also coached executives on public presentation. So while my teaching has been focused on communication, same as my professional role, there's always been that part of me that loved teaching the stage presence and the presentation skills required for someone to be a speaker. About four and a half years ago, I was part of a committee that was tasked with running a speaker event. And when we got around the table, we realized we had $1,000 to spend for the speaker, but no one in our personal networks met the criteria that we wanted. We also knew that a traditional speakers bureau would have a bottom minimum speaker fee, I guess is what you would call it, of about $5,000 at the time. And then speakers bureaus would add a third for their fees. So it was untouchable. We were caught in the middle. We didn't know anyone in our networks, yet we couldn't afford a traditional bureau. So we were stuck. And for three hours of painful deliberation, we were thinking about who do we know who might know someone who might know someone and playing the Kevin Bacon seven degrees of separation, which still was not very fruitful. So I was pretty angry about the fact that there was no resolution. And as I was driving home, I thought, why can't there just be a central place for people to go and book a qualified speaker at any price point. So I walked in the house, my husband was pouring a cup of coffee and I put my bags down and I said, I'm starting a business. And my husband, who is the calmer of the two of us, looked at me and said, it didn't go well. And I said, no, Kevin, it did not go well. (laughs) And he has supported this journey from that inception, from that fateful day until today when I now have users in 10 countries 
and I'm connecting speakers with the people who want to book them. Wow. So I love the fact that you saw that there was a need for that. And then you went out and, and you put yourself out there and you created a business that you have today. That's amazing. Thank you. What shocks me the most about my journey, first of all, is that this is where it led me, but I think I'm meant to be here. It was a very nonlinear path, mm -hmm. but it's a very passionate path. I've been in that pain point before of trying to find a speaker uh, or be found as a speaker. So I see both sides of it. But the other thing that shocks me the most is that this is an audience that has been overlooked by the entire public speaking industry since Socrates. How does that happen? That you miss an entire portion of the audience. I realize now it's because the traditional speakers bureaus focus on those speakers who charge upwards of $40,000. There are some bureau heads I've spoken to in the past six weeks who have blatantly told me, if a speaker charges under 25,000, we don't take the call. Or if a speaker charges 15,000 or less, we don't wanna take the call, but I do. I wanna give those speakers a place for their voice to be heard because I learned a long time ago that a speaker is kind of like a bottle of wine and that you don't have to spend a lot to get good quality. Right. So a lot of people who have a transformational story, um, an activist message, some compelling reason to share something that they love, whether it's science or finance or marketing or anything like that, they often do it out of the love of their heart. And it's not for financial gain. Many of them don't want to be a full-time professional speaker. Some are volunteers and some have full-time jobs, nine to five, but they have this message they want to get out to the world to help someone else or educate someone else or inspire or entertain. Lately, I've gotten a lot of comedians joining, so that's why I said entertain. I think that's a fun twist. And what I also love about the journey is that now the speakers I have on my roster go from zero to $70,000. So it's a quite broad range. And if someone were to say to me, I have this budget and this need for this topic, I can pretty much pair them up with someone. Right. So mm -hmm. you're, you're basically taking the average person that has a story to tell that is interested in speaking. So just kind of walk us through what that process looks like. So like, you know, like even in Tara as a former basketball coach, you know, she would have a story to tell, I'm sure. And um, what would someone like her, what, how would she get involved with your company? With if Tara or someone like her wanted to get involved, um, it's easy to do. And I see a lot of people like Tara, but also people who have written books or have personal experiences. All they need to go do is go to ineedaspeaker.com, scroll down and click on I am a speaker. If you're looking for a speaker, you would click on I need a speaker, hence the name of the company. Uh, but if she were to sign up as a speaker, you would click on that. It's free to join the global directory, then complete your profile. So some people are asking me, well, am I automatically going to get booked because I signed up? No, I can't guarantee that. So I would say no. However, what I would say is, you need to have three things to get booked. One is a little bit of experience. People want someone who knows what they're doing when they book a speaker, whether it's free or $5,000. They also want a speaker sheet, which is a one sheet, one sheet of paper on one side that talks about their credentials, their signature talk. It has a picture of them and it talks about what their major talks would focus on. Who was their ideal audience and what would that audience expect to derive from that talk? What would they expect to learn or experience through that talk? 
So that speaker sheet is kind of like a resume, but formatted a little bit more graphically than a resume would be. And the third thing that really helps is a speaker reel. Some people call it a sizzle reel. People in the business would call it that. And it's really just a four to five minute clip of a great soundbite of that speaker on a stage addressing an audience. So those are the things that are called social proof to our audience. And that's what the event planners are looking for is do you have speaker sheet? Do you have a reel? Do you have experience? With those things, um, it's going to be easier to get booked. So anyone can join, but they don't need to have those things. Some people join and say, well, I'm well known in my industry or I'm well known in my community. So people can find me online and book me directly. And that's fine if that's what they want. But if you're looking for a broader set of opportunities, then you would have those three things that I outlined. That's awesome. I, I really love, I love how you talk about that. It's not necessarily like the experience, it's the passion for doing something. And that these people, the speakers that you have are passionate about their topic. You seem very passionate about creating this business, which I love. I think that's, I think when you have a passion and a love for something, you throw everything you have into it, right? It makes it much more enjoyable for you to, to participate in. And it's just a much more rewarding experience. I love that. Sure. Now that I'm feeling with the sisters here, feeling like family, I will tell you, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this business because I think the world needs it because there is such a need for diversity on stages 65% of conference speakers are white men. I'm not asking them to get off the stage, just make room for us. Make room for the women, the Muslims, the people who are disabled, the people who are LGBTQ, who are transgender, who are Asian, who are Latina. Make room for everybody else because that's where we get to learn about other people is through their talks. That's where we share experiences and open that rhetoric and discourse that helps us cross those boundaries where we don't understand each other. And I really think there's a really basic strong need for that now, because when we get our news today, we get it through social media. So we curate that feed. So if you love the 49ers, you're going to follow the 49ers. If you love drunk elephant moisturizer, you're going to follow drunk elephant, right? If you're going to follow the Atlantic, because you're a nerd like me, you follow the Atlantic, right? So we always follow the things that we already believe in and support and think about. So we don't tend to choose things that are opposed to our thoughts. And I'm not saying that all speeches should be in opposition to the audience's mentality, but that's how we open our minds and learn. And that's where some of the peace could come. That's where some of the people can meet partway between. So I'm really excited about the social justice part of this, but I'm also really excited that the pain of that meeting that I was in four and a half years ago can go away and that people who have a message can be heard and be paid for it appropriately if that's what they want to do. Right, and speaking of messages, um, you and I had connected as well about, because um, we will both be speaking, I'll be speaking at the Empower event, but you'll be a panel, you'll be a, moder a moderator of the panel. Is that correct? I will be a panelist for the poise and public speaking component yeah, right. of the conference. Now, do you have a lot of your speakers as well speaking at the event? Like what, what got you, you had mentioned um, off camera, we had talked about if this would be your first Empower event and you mm -hmm. said yes. So how did you get even on the radar with Empower? I'm going to give the full credit to Mari Potis, who is one of the key um, front facing people at the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Scranton. I joined the Chamber back in the spring when I decided to quit my job and really pursue I need a speaker full time. And it has been transformative. It has led me to people like you, Jenna and to Tara, and I'm excited and happy about that. 
And the connections that I've made have allowed me to get more involved in what I'm doing. I was working remotely for a while and not leaving the house, which is not helpful for anyone. That's not a healthy situation. But that's where I found myself after COVID is still staying close to home. Once I started going out, getting involved, in fact, I've joined two boards of directors. I'm involved with the chamber. I go to most of their events when I'm available. All these things have opened up opportunities for me to do customer discovery and market research and get involved. So when I saw the opportunity to apply as a speaker, of course, that's in my nature. I jumped right on that. Very nice. So as I would say that you are probably going to be um, almost like a professor of, of speakers at the event. And I think you have so much knowledge when it comes to public speaking. So what are some of the tips that you would offer the speaker, someone like me, who is, you know, first time speaker when approaching an event like this or any type of conference when speaking for the first time? For someone who's speaking for the first time, I would recommend that you have a lot of clarity of your message that you use a lot of verbal flags in your speech. And what that means is to use words like first, second, in conclusion, so that people always know when there's something coming. When you say that you wanna cover, for example, like five tips for personal finance, and you say tip one, tip two, there's a psychological reaction where we pay attention a little bit more, we perk up a bit. It's often used in pedagogy or teaching where we wanna have students be engaged. So you want to have those verbal flags remind people there's something important coming and you should be listening. Um, another tip I want to give is for the panel presenters. This is something that most panel presenters never think of, but it might be a great idea. It is a great idea to get together before a conference and talk about the points that you want to bring out. Because if you have three or four panelists and they all have that one similar point or even two or three of them do now you're getting redundant content and it's more boring to the audience so spice it up and have everybody make remarks that are a little bit different so the audience has more takeaways and more engagement uh, finally i would pace yourself no matter what role you are in whether it's workshop or keynote or breakout because you have to realize that you know the material better than anyone which is why you're holding the microphone or standing at the podium but the audience needs to catch up with you. They need to keep pace with you. So go at a pace that allows them to absorb what you're saying and then move to the next point. I also recommend you use analogies, metaphors, anything that helps people understand. Like when you hear about these talks on plastic bottle recycling, for example, and they say things like, if we put the bottles end to end, it would reach from here to the moon twice. I just made that up, but I'm mean, trying to use an example of showing scale and helping people understand the size or complexity of an issue, a topic or a problem. Very nice. So let's switch turns a little bit. And I'm this will be my first time attending the conference. I've been to um, NCAA Women's Basketball Championships where we have a coaches convention and we have a conference and network through that. Are there any tips or suggestions you have for somebody like myself that is kind of transitioning into a new career and attending this conference as a first time attendee of networking tips and anything at all you could think of. That is a fantastic question. I love it. My tip is to do what I did and get out of the house and talk to people. I mean, I know that you're going to be at the conference, so you'll be out of the house, but I mean that in a metaphorical way too, is talk to people you might not otherwise have spoken to. I remember the coffee appointment that Jenna referenced and we sat down and really didn't have an idea 
if we would even connect on some level. It might just be a boring cup of coffee. It never is, though, it seems. And as soon as Jenna started talking, I thought, my gosh, there's so many points that I want to talk about more. I could have sat there, I'm not kidding, for five hours and never been bored in that conversation. Um, I was in another conversation this week where a friend of mine connected me with someone who she also knows, but I did not know. So this mutual friend sets up a Zoom call. I get on the call with this gentleman and he says, I don't know why I'm here, but I trust our friend Teresa and we will figure it out. And as we got into like the, the 30th minute, 35th minute of the one hour conversation, it was just revelation after revelation. And I think, how have I lived without this man in my life for so long? Because we have all these crossover points and all these things that we could do to collaborate. And it got very exciting. And so we now have another call set up for Friday. And what I've learned about a lot of people is they are generous strangers. And I, I use that term because we might not know each other, but I like to think that if you started talking to me at a conference, we would find some kind of way to connect. What I like to do at conferences is recommend to people not asking what do you do or where are you from, which can seem like a judgmental question. Like you're assessing, do I want to talk to this person? Is there value in this person? Can they do anything for me? But ask them something on a more human level, like what do you hope to get out of the sessions today? Or what was one thing that you learned today that you might not have known before? So I would just strike up conversations and talk to people who are different and maybe follow up, even if there's a glimmer of chance that you might want to connect even on a personal level. Maybe they have workout questions for you, or maybe you want to connect with them because they're a wealth advisor and you want to know, should I go with stocks and bonds or mutual funds? Um, that's how we support each other. And I think the mentality of the attendees at Empower are going to be embracing that idea of how can we lift each other up? And being there before, I, I totally agreed. Like it was so powerful. Last year was my first year as an attendee. And it was so powerful just to see the, almost like the power in numbers of women. I actually wanted to, to capture the moment and bring it to my 14 year old daughter, right? To show her like, this is what's possible for women lifting each other up. Right, it's also idea generation. As I'm listening to you and I'm listening to Tara who works with students, what I'm thinking about right now is, why don't we have a mother-daughter conference? I, I was about to say the I, same thing. We have two entrepreneurs here. What if, <laughs> I was thinking mother-daughter, but I was thinking like a junior in power. Almost, yeah. That would be awesome, right? I would be thrilled to work on a junior in power because I have a daughter who's 18 who's about to launch into college next year. And I like to think that I'm a role model for her, but I also know that she needs to see other women doing this because I'm not Dr. Richard's service at home. I'm just mom. Right. So when I tell her things, that's mom, okay, I know. I understand that. But when other people say those things to her, I think it has more of an impact. And when you see the power of more people her age and more parents, it really underscores the lessons we're trying to teach them. And I really believe that women need to see, and when I say women, I mean of all ages, need to see people like themselves setting an example of achieving what is possible, of eliminating the obstacles in our own minds and going after what we want. Well, you sure did just kind of go right after exactly what you want with INeedaSpeaker.com. And you've come so far in such a short time, but where do you see the business growing? I am working hard to become the go-to resource for 
speakers and the people who want to book them. I want to um, be able to reach the, the sports uh, banquets at the end of the year. I want to be able to reach corporate events. Um, I've got four buckets I'm targeting right now for event planners. One is corporate, one is nonprofit, one is colleges and universities, and the fourth is conference planners. Because there are so many opportunities, I really want to get more voices heard. I want to amplify those voices to the best of my ability and give people the resource that they need to find the right speaker for their event at the right cost. Uh, when people go through I Need a Speaker, we do take 20% of the speaker fee to keep the lights on, keep the IT moving, and be of service to the people we serve. And I want to continue to build that team with um, presence at conferences, with online content, with value-added webinars and classes so that we can help get more people involved in public speaking. And really just keep developing that value and answering the need that I'm hearing from the people I want to serve the most. Well, I'll give you a little, little tip too, coming from the athletic side of things. As coaches, we were always, always, always searching for somebody to bring in to speak to our teams. And so that's another area that I think is very underserved um, in this area, especially we, we could go, we could go, you know, a couple hours outside the area to find people that are a little bit more expensive, but don't know enough about our area, our home base. So I think that's another area that, that really is untapped, yeah, untapped market. Untapped market. I'm sorry that you had that frustration of looking for someone, but I'm thrilled that I'm fixing the problem. And I think that's what gets me out of bed in the morning in such a good mood is that I'm doing something that's making a positive difference. And what's different too is I spend my days with people like you who are smart and engaging and selfless and collaborative and hopeful and exciting. And so every day I'm around people who just keep my mood really positive. And that's fuel for what I'm doing moving forward. Awesome. Love it. Very nice. Well, we're excited to, you know, be face to face with you <laughs> at the Empower event. <laughs> And network and we really appreciate you you know taking the time out of your busy day to share with our listeners about i need a speaker and what about if people have other questions for you i know you're very active on on social media can you share how people can get in touch with you absolutely they can email info at i need they can visit our website and complete the form that's another way to do that um, and I want to thank you. I know you thank me for my time, but I'm always happy to talk about fixing a problem that people have. So I appreciate you, Jenna, and you, Tara, for inviting me and sharing your afternoon with me as well. It's been awesome. Thank you. Yes. And we will see you in a couple months, yeah. right? And we will continue to share stories of amazing women just like you that will be speaking at the Empower event and also attending the event so we look forward to sharing those episodes with our community as well. That is so exciting. This has been a joy. I hope I see both of you sooner than April. And if not, I will hunt you down at the conference and we can have a coffee together or just um, kick around some more ideas. Yep. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you nice again. You. Yes. Same here. Thank you. Talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Soul Sisters Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Soul Sisters Podcast and on Instagram at Soul Sis Pod. And tune in next week as we continue to share 
some of the stories and the journey of the speakers from the Empower event. Interested in being on our show? Email us at soulsisterspodcast at gmail.com. 